Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out of pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. This episode is sponsored by FX's Fleischman is in Trouble, starring Jesse Eisenberg, Claire Danes, Lizzie Kaplan, and Adam Brody. This drama tells the story of recently divorced Toby Fleischman, who dives into the world of app-based dating with the kind of success he never had in his youth. Then, his ex-wife disappears leaving him with their two children and no hint of her return. Effects's Fleischman is in trouble. Streaming November 17th, only on Hulu. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke App Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording, pre-recording, from our studios, Podstream Studios in Times Square. Folks, I'm really excited about the conversation that you're going to listen to today with celebrity stylist, makeup artist, um, now author of the new book, Dinner for One, Lauren Napier. Lauren has a really interesting story. And what is interesting to me is that she calls herself a spinster by choice. She is somebody that has embraced her singledom, not only embraced it, but wants it, right? It is not by virtue of, oh, I didn't find the right person or I've been on the hunt a long time. I think that you're going to get a lot out of this conversation with regard to how we talk about ourselves and our relationship with ourselves. For the past couple of months, right, I've been trying to bring us some more wellness into the conversations of what it means to be woke. And when I came across Lauren's book, I thought to myself, Dinner for one. How fascinating. And why? Let me tell you a little story. So you all know that I was married for a very long time. And at the beginning of the pandemic, actually January of 2020, um, was the first time that, well, I had asked for a divorce, but also had moved out on my own. And I'd never lived alone before. And I know, pause for shock. The reality is, is that I had gone from my parents' house to college, 
Then after college, I lived with best friends and roommates. And it wasn't until I met my ex-wife that then I would move in with her. So never along that journey did I live alone. Did I even experience really what it was like to be alone? Because at the ripe old age of 23, I got into a long-term relationship that would turn into a marriage. And so when I came across Lauren's book, Dinner for One, it brought me back to the first several months of being alone. And now this is, you know, right at the beginning of COVID, which would happen in March of 2020. And it would bring me back to living at home with my parents so that we could all be together as my mother was recovering from brain surgery. But what came up for me during the first couple of months and then when I would move back to my apartment was I had shifted my mindset about cooking for myself. You know, when I was alone, when but but married, or when I would ever find myself home alone, cooking was the last thing that was on my mind. I would order takeout, or I would eat a big bowl of, you know, popcorn and wash it down with some wine. And I just, it didn't feel like I was worthy to slave in the kitchen for an hour, two hours to come up with something to make. And then by virtue of my divorce, I started to realize that I was worth the time and the effort. And so I started to make wonderful meals for myself, not because I thought somebody would be coming by or, you know, um, or I, 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 I just decided that I was worth it. And I remember taking my first picture to send to my mom to say, look what I made today. And she was like, who is coming over? And I said, I made it for me. And she said, I'm so proud of you. And I think that Lauren's book is a way for people to give permission to themselves that you are worth the time and the effort. That if you can make these elaborate meals when you have company or for your spouse or you know a partner, significant other, then why wouldn't you put the same investment in yourself? Why do we think that when we are alone, that our bodies should be filled with grease and nonsense because, and only, we're only going to go shopping and go to the food store, oh, if people are coming. And so dinner for one and the conversation that you'll listen to with Lauren, you know, was, it's revolutionary if you really think about it. We sell women, and I, and I say women in particular, we sell women a bag of fucking lies all the time. We tell women that you're desirable until you hit what, 35? And then all of a sudden it's, you need to get married, need to have kids, and you need to hurry up and do it soon because nobody's going to want you. Then when you approach middle age, right, in your 40s, then people are looking at you, and if you've never been married, or if you're married and divorced, it's like, ooh, nobody wanted you. Or if you get divorced, oh, why did they get rid of you? It isn't about empowerment. And Lauren and I will have this conversation as it pertains to men. Men can be single, they can be bachelors forever, and they are applauded for it. Look how distinguished, look how, you know, just carefree and wild th this person is. But women, get the title spinster. So what if you decided to own that? 
that instead of us believing that we're just, you know, waiting for that special someone to come, that we actually enjoyed our time with ourselves, that we decided that instead of reading all of the self-help books about how to find this man or think like a man or think like a woman or this, that, and the other thing, and let me go and swipe and swipe and swipe and be validated by the likes that I'm getting or the engagement that I'm getting, what if we just learned how to like ourselves? And it sounds crazy, but this is something that for me, and I've talked about this before, that the pandemic offered. It offered me the opportunity to fall in love with myself, figure out what I like, right? And why do I like it? And recognize that the thing that I feared with divorce, which was being alone and how people would perceive me, oh my God, she now carries the label, divorcee, ah, right? That I learned to enjoy being alone. The thing that I thought that I was so afraid of has now become one of my greatest comforts. I like walking around my home and looking at my plants or deciding to just sit in silence or play classical music or just be without having to explain myself to another person or make time or make space. The space is just mine. And I literally go through waves of guilt where I need to remind myself that I don't need to be doing a damn thing that I can just enjoy being with myself. And I love Lauren's book. I mean, first of all, it is self-published and it's the most beautiful book that I've seen. The pictures are just so vibrant and colorful. And she'll say in our interview that one of the things that got her into wanting to cook is that she wanted health and, and wellness, that when you're walking into the grocery store and you're seeing these bright, beautiful colors, right? That you want them on your plate and you want to take them in. So, you know, folks, I I think that if there's anything that you can learn or take away from the interview with Lauren, it's that we need to change the narrative that society has been feeding us about where we should or should not find value. And that it is not, being single is not one step you know, in the direction of marriage or partnership or what have you, that for some people, they're designing the life that they want. And everyone should have the opportunity to do that without having to apologize for the decisions that they make about their own life. So I hope that you enjoy the conversation with Lauren. Drop some thoughts in the comment section. Have you ever cooked a lavish, beautiful meal for yourself? And if not, why? Has it ever crossed your mind? I'd love to hear from you. So do drop a note in the comment section. Folks, I am very excited to welcome to OKF for the very first time, author, celebrity, makeup artist, stylist, just, I I mean, traveler extraordinaire, Lauren Napier, who is the author of a new book, Dinner for One, Um, which let me tell you something, the one where the I is, I'm like, smart. This is marketing. I love it. Uh, I came across the book and by virtue of a friend of mine who was just like, Danielle, you have to have Lauren on your show. I mean, her Instagram, her life, her story is just, it's one your audience will really enjoy and like. 
You say that you are single by choice. Lauren, what does that mean for you? Just that. Single by choice. I enjoy my life as it is. I'm not constantly seeking that validation or relationship that is outside of myself. I enjoy being with myself. And that's something that I really learned during the pandemic is that Mm. you can really explore who you are and have a level of fulfillment with just you. Um, and, and so I did that and I pursued that and I thoroughly enjoyed the experience in, in every way, whether that was just like really getting in tune with my body and understanding my body, exploring, exploring, just going, exploring my thoughts on a deeper level, spending time, um, nourishing my body a lot of it that's where the concept of dinner for one came from was like i have a almost like erotic obsession with food and pleasure Mm -hmm. um and i thought like let me just explore this let me understand this let me let me feel all of the feelings and emotions and the things that come along with like having time by myself and i think so often pre-pandemic right bc before covid we all were like I just need more time. I need time, time, time. And then we got this gift of time. And then people didn't know what to do with it. They felt really lonely and afraid to be by themselves and like really dig into who they were. And I mean, I was like, have at it, you know, that's what I did. And, you know, it's interesting because one of the conversations that I had a lot on, um, on Woke AF really is about the fact that people were really lonely. Yeah. Depression skyrocketed. Anxiety skyrocketed for a host of reasons. But I also think it is by virtue of the fact that, especially in cities, we kind of live on a treadmill type of life, right? I mean, that's why you move into, you know, metropolitan areas. And so when you then get to stop, right? And I, and I say this a lot that I believe that for me, the pandemic was a gift right? And I say that with a lot of privilege, having lost family members to COVID, that it was a gift because it really allowed me to stop the noise around me. And it really allowed me to understand what is important, right? Is it, is it the likes? Is it the clicks? Is it the, the TV hits? Or is it like my family, my friends? Who are, the, who are my real friends and real circle? And so for me, the time by myself and, you know, and I, I was quarantining uh, in 2020 with my, with my family, but it was so eye opening. And I love the fact that you saw it as an opportunity to delve into yourself as opposed to, oh my God, I'm alone. And I guess I'm just going to have popcorn and wine for dinner every night. Yeah. You know, I, I will say this. We all are sitting here. Uh, I think a lot of us are coming from a, a place of privilege, right? Um, and our experiences during the pandemic. So I too want to say that I would be remiss or not being truthful if I didn't say that I didn't experience anxiety and I didn't experience like confusion, stress, loss, loneliness. Like I did experience some of that because I took the pandemic incredibly seriously. So I spent a lot of time alone. Um, but I think it was important. It, it's important to also, I, I, I think I went through the confusion just like everyone else did in the shock and like in the intensity, just like everyone else did initially. But because I find myself being in tune and being comfortable with myself, it was very 
uh, it wasn't as hard to get into like that mindset and that state of mind of just relaxing, taking the moments to just really fully embrace what was happening and embrace the quiet. And I've had a life that's been very go, go, go Mm -hmm. and very intense. Um, And so I needed to be still. I needed that. And I took the time to really sit in it. It was important to just sit and and pull, uh, just take advantage of the stillness. What, What had this idea of you you say i think it's on your website that you are a spinster by choice totally and and you say spinster by choice single by choice what brought that about i find that society and our culture really wants us to couple up oh, and yeah. pair up and it's funny cuz i have a wall in my apartment it's called the me gallery it's me it's literally three huge pictures of myself and somebody came over and was like do you feel ever like it's arrogant to have pictures of yourself and i thought i said no absolutely not because if i were married you would expect me to have my wedding pictures and if i had a baby you would expect me to have pictures of my child all over the place i get up every day and i work every day And I do all the things that I need to do for myself. And therefore, I celebrate myself and I can admire myself and I can admire the work that I do. Um, And I don't think that we should be criticized for that. And I also don't think that we should be criticized for living our lives independently. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, fulfillment for me is not or the idea of fulfillment is not um, a, a huge family. A fulfillment for me is like getting up and being able to do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do that. And I think people think that that's selfish, but it's 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 life. It's me being able to live my life as I choose it with no obligation to anyone else. Um, And I think we are so we're so uh, it's ingrained that Mm -hmm. we're that we should partner up and pair up. And let me also say this. I'm not saying that I want to be single forever. You know, partnership is something I think that by human nature, we all want. What I'm saying is, if you are single, be happy in in being that until you find what it is that you're looking for. Do you have to actively seek it? No, like you can be happy with yourself and those things will come to you. But the quest that we are so often on to find that partnership, I think it's I think it's a bit dangerous. It's not only a question, it's like, it's force fed to us. It's force fed, fed through Hollywood, romantic comedies, sitcoms, all of these things tell us that if you are single, there is something wrong with you. There's something wrong with you. And there's, there's really not. When I was a kid, people would say like, I never wanted to have kids. I never wanted to have kids. As a matter of fact, when I was in school, I didn't like going to school. And then (laughs) as an adult, I thought if I have kids, I got to go back to school with them. I don't want to do that. (laughs) Oh my God, that's totally that's right. That's the thing is that you spend you do. the second half of your yep. life in classrooms, but in a different capacity, but also dealing with the same crap, which are like adults who haven't taken the time to like unlearn their bad behavior. Come on. So I don't have any desire to do that. And I have a niece and a nephew that I absolutely love and adore. And I have spent a mini school plays and recitals and sports yeah, all of those things and yeah. I love them but I love being able to choose when I do that I don't want to be obligated to do that and I feel like people the reality is people like resent their kids you and know it, it but that 
you know, because again, we don't offer the space yeah. to have those conversations and to have that narrative. Like no one is ever going to ask somebody, do you wish that you didn't have your kids? Right. Well, because if you, because if you say, but okay, are they honest or are they like, so Lauren, why are you asking me that question? Of course I love my kids. I didn't ask them if they love them or not, but I have honest conversations with my friends. The one thing people used to say to me when I was a kid was, or younger woman was if you, when you have kids, you'll love them. And I'm like, that I don't think is true. I don't think that that's something that's true that people talk about. That's how kids end up in trash cans. Like that is the reality. That is something that we really need to discuss. And I think, you know, there's greater conversations to be had, like conversations about abortion and, and demonizing that and demonizing like the choices that women have to make for themselves. And I also say this, like, I don't think that for some people, abortion is a hard choice. You know, that, like the thing yeah. that politicians oh, we've will been, always we, say. We talk about it all the time It's a the hard show. choice. It's a hard yeah, choice. For some people, a woman. it's not. It's, some people, it's a no-brainer. Sometimes you just have a good time and something unfortunate takes place. You know, like, I, I think, and I, I'm saying this and it seems very flippant and you guys don't know me fully as an individual, so I don't want to come off as callous um, um, or insensitive. But I think we really need to start having honest conversations yep. about what our society looks like and why women feel like they the the end all be all is like a marriage and kids and a family when sometimes it can nobody says that to bachelors. No, because you can be an older gentleman, right? Distinguished, distinguished, dis gentleman. distinguished older gentleman that just never wanted to be tied down. Yeah. And that is something I remember. What movie is it? Something's Gotta Give yeah. with Diane Keaton. And she said, they write books about men who are single. They tell mo show movies about men that are single. But it's the spinster, right? Who is, is the woman that is looked at that is like, oh, nobody wanted you. The definition of spinster is a it has such a negative connotation to it. And I just thought, let's change the direction and let's change that word altogether. And that's why I call myself. Like, I am totally a spinster by choice. Um, and it's like a woman, it, I think it's something like it's a woman of a certain age that's no longer desired, desirable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or. Uh, it's middle age. Yeah. Well, I'm middle age too But I'm like, that's what they tell you. It's like, you know, and, and it was really interesting. I was, I was watching another show recently with women that were over the age of 60 and they were taught and they were with their, with their daughters, um, their, you know, their young daughters. And they were saying you reach an age in society where you become invisible, right? Where I could be sitting with my daughter at dinner, you know, who's in their twenties and I'm in my sixties and no one will approach or talk to me just to her as if I don't exist. Well, I remember very well. And I will say, I think I've had, a, I, I land in a really interesting time, like in, in this life and generations of people and of women and how we have evolved. Like I had Oprah as my role model. I was growing up yep. watching Oprah yep. who was single. Same. Yep. You know, she is single and she's, well, not single. She's partnered, but she's made a, a very clear choice not to, to marry. To marry. Um, and then I've seen women like Halle Berry, you know, Halle Berry is beautiful and she obviously wants to be in a relationship mm -hmm. and she has so many things to offer. And she's this fabulous, phenomenal woman with all these accomplishments. She's been single, you know, she's, she's experienced waves. You know, I think of, of course, like my brain's like at a loss, but there's Tracy Ellis, Ross. Tracy Ellis Ross. She's a fabulous example. Or, you know, I look, there's so many different women, not just black women. No, there, like Diane, yeah. you mentioned Diane Keaton. Yeah. She's one, 
But I go back to you saying women are invisible at a certain age. I remember watching Oprah and I remember Sybil Shepherd having a conversation and remember um, Moonlighting. Oh my and God. She yeah. was the star. She was yeah, like, yeah. she was the yeah. Amazon. She was in a whole lot of things and she was single and she was explaining that she was out with her daughter and men used to just fall all over themselves for her. And she was sitting with her daughter and she's like, I'm the famous one. People are supposed to know me. Nobody's looking at me. Nobody's talking to me. And she found herself being envious and jealous of her daughter. Mm. And I thought to myself, what did, um, and I was, I was maybe 12 when I was watching this. I don't know. I was, I was young. Um, but I remember that. And I just remember how, um, how just kind of sad that was for her. Yeah. How just absolutely like sad it seemed. You know, I, I also think too, why, what you are doing and why your book is so interesting too is because there's also another level of societal pressure that is put on black women. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it, you know, what are the stories? Oh, you know, you'll, you'll be alone forever. Nobody wants you, none of these things. And so it's like for you and the legions, God willing of other women of color who are just like, you know what? This is actually a choice that I'm making. And I'm not just saying that to put on, like I'm making a choice that society doesn't get to dictate how I live my life or if I am lovable. Because all of the conversations and the images that we get seen, that are thrown at us, are about how unlovable we are. Well, I mean, yeah, I think that that's definitely, it's it's true of of what society throws at us. But at the same time, I I have never subscribed to that idea. But I've not subscribed to like anything. I think that's really conventional or traditional. Um, and I think you have to be okay with that. You have to be okay with not subscribing to those things. It's it's hard though for black women, I think. Um, and I don't want to speak for all of us. No. I can speak yeah. for me. Um, we're we are faced with a lot of challenges and we're faced with a lot of imagery that is uh one, either that we're unlovable or we're over sexualized. Mm -hmm. Um uh, or we're just like aggressive, strong, independent, and don't want love and don't want um, mm -hmm. that nurturing and that Or our standards are too high and you just need to, And the standard you know? situation I want to say is that, you know, black women are the most educated demographic in the country. We are, you know, while, albeit there's the economic disparities mm -hmm. with, with, you know, equal pay, which, what was that, two days ago? <laughs> Correct. Yesterday. Um, we're experiencing, we deserve all of the things that we want. And for so long, we've been told that we don't deserve them. And for me, I've just always been of the mind that you create what you want for yourself. And that's what I continue to do. I, that's just the philosophy and ideals that I subscribe to. It's like I will create the things that I want for myself. And if that involves another person, then they're very lucky to get to enjoy this space with me because I've created such a beautiful life. I can tell you that. Um, so I. Um, recently divorced, and I say recent, it's been probably two years, right? But I was married for 15. And one of the things that kept me in a relationship that I knew was not what I needed it to be as it was, as it was ending was the fear of being a divorcee. Was that, and I, and I, and I mean, I was, I have been in therapy right? My therapist is wonderful and literally helped me through getting to the other side of that feeling and that fear. But it was just like, I felt like a failure, right? How do, how do you go about creating this life 
and then it doesn't work out, right? And then now you're starting over in this new decade, in this new time, and the title that you have is divorcee. And I really, like, I took it to heart. I kept saying, who is going to want to date me? Right. I don't even have I, like there are no kids. There's no nothing. But it was the it was the and I think about it now, two years later. And I'm just like, why did I think that my mother was divorced and re and married my wonderful stepfather? Had ama- so it's not as if I didn't have models for what life looks like after divorce. Right. Or for those that don't remarry, because I have no desire to. Right. But it's just like the 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 weight that I carried, the embarrassment. And I think that it's similarly for some women who don't see themselves in the way that you do, which is like, no, I love this. I love my life. I think that, again, you reach a certain age and people are like, well, OK, if you're divorced, that means that somebody wanted you at some point. Right. And it just didn't work out. And if you are single this entire time, it you really are looked at as if you have a problem. You are. I mean, I'm not going to – some people will listen to this and they'll hear me talk and they'll, uh, you know, make this assumption that I'm very selfish or self-centered. And that's not really the case. Um, and so I want to also just – it's not that that women should look at themselves if they're single, that they are unlovable. But that that's what society is going to say. Yep. It, that's not the case. Again, you, we've got to shift the narrative and shift the conversation is that what you wanted is something for yourself. And that's what you're creating. You are creating exactly what you want. I know that there's the, the, um, the feet, not the, the, I guess it is fear. It's a, a fear, fear of, yes. of being called divorced. Um, but I, you know, it's hard for me to speak to that. I grew up in a household with a, a mother who was divorced as well. She mm-hmm. also remarried, but she was from an era where you that were, was a choice. That right? was a choice. You yep. needed to you needed to be married, you know, in order to feel fulfilled as a human being. And I think that's what we need to get beyond is that you are you can be fulfilled as a human being as one person, as an individual. I, I think about my friends who are unmarried mm-hmm. and. Um, my, I, I've seen very healthy marriages and I've also seen very unhealthy marriages. I've also experienced, uh, loss with friends and family too, uh, of their partners and spouses. It's hard. That's hard. And that's, that's a completely different conversation that you have to have. But I will say this, this is why I wrote the book and why I created it because I am a single woman. Um, and I'm single by choice. My sister during the pandemic got divorced. Mm-hmm. And my mother during the pandemic lost her husband to COVID. So oh. all three of us are single for three very different reasons. And what I discovered in the conversations that I kept having with between my sister and between my mother was that we have to um, embrace, albeit as challenging and as difficult as it is for each one of us individually, because we were all having this like very crazy collective COVID experience. But we also are um, having unique experiences. And for each one of us, we were doing it alone. And we were doing it alone for the first time. And the goal was to tap into ourselves and enjoy and learn and discover and be okay and forgive whatever it was that we were going through so that we could be okay as ourselves, as individuals, as one person, because if you're not okay with yourself, then you don't have the ability to move forward. You know, and that's, that was the conversation that, that just, it just kept coming to me, you know, and there's, 
so much more that we can get into. I mean, but we you can know, do the, a deep dive. Yeah, because I'm saying like the the thing that I find too again from for this time for me during COVID. So I'm similar to your sister, right? It was you know the beginning of 2020. I moved out on my own for the very first time as a grown ass woman. Mm-hmm. Um, never lived alone because went to college, had roommates then, you know, fell in love and then moved in together. And that was life for 15 years. And I think that what is really important, it, and, it, and it sounds cliche, it sounds like those spiritual memes that are sent around that I love, but that, but that, <laughs> that say, we love, we yeah, share, that we, we love, that we share, yeah. um, that are about like, you really do have to love yourself. You really do have to take care of yourself. And it's why, you know, your book, just the pictures, okay, Lauren. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the pictures and how beautiful. So how did it how did it start that you said, I mean, again, I love the way that you think and I love your mindset. But there are other people, right, who for them, if I'm having dinner alone, I'm getting chopsticks and I'm eating out of the out of the, the box. Out of the box. If I'm eating dinner alone, maybe I'm not having dinner, maybe I'm having a kind bar and I'm going to bed. And I was like that until I started to sit with myself and think about why am I not worth the effort and the time that I would put in for other people? And this is, this, that was my journey through 20, through 2020 was, well, now I am going to be cooking for myself, right? Um, friends may or may not come through, but so am I to eat popcorn for the rest of, cause that was my, no. and I say that cause that was my go-to food. Um, but I, so for me, it's like, I looked at, the pictures. And I said, this is gorgeous. You are worth that. You are. I mean, here's the thing. I, I, every night I'm already a person who enjoys food and experience and aesthetics. Like that is my vibe. I'm like a wellness person. I'm a makeup artist. I live in New York city. Like my, um, my senses are constantly being stimulated. And what I felt was because we could not we were not experiencing that in the same way. I was not going to deprive myself of that experience. And again, that's what I want everyone to do is never deprive yourself of something that is good for you and feels good. This was something that was impacting my mental health, my physical health, just all of those things. And I thought I will create an experience. There's one thing that I have to do every single day. That's one thing that we all have to do every single day. And that's nourish ourselves, feed ourselves and eat. And I thought, I will take the time every day to do this very kind thing. I always had a flower arrangement because nothing makes me happier than like flowers and beautiful balloon arrangements, but um, couldn't do the balloons every day, but I was able to do flowers. And you guys, I think too, if you, I'm a whole food shopper. Okay. Flowers are like $7 a bunch. If you can do that for yourself, do it. They last all week. It's something that's yeah. really just a gift to yourself. It's something living, it's something breathing, it's something colorful and beautiful that you can bring into your environment, into your home space. So that was where I started. But the next thing was to create something that tasted good, that also had some nutritional value to it. I, again, am beauty and wellness person. Um, I'm also over 40. So it was important for me to be eating healthy, but to be feeling like what I was eating was really tasty and yummy and I could feel the flavors and experience the flavors. And um, 
I'm Southern, so I can cook, cook. You know, like, yes. you know, I you can, can cook, cook. You can cook, cook, and food, food. And food, food. And so I was giving peach cobbler. I was giving, like, all the different foods, but I was doing it in a healthy way, a way that was centered around, like, portion control. Um, and also respecting relationships with food. Like, my my grandmother grew up during the Depression era, so she liked to buy, like, canned foods. And those were my – that's how I learned how to cook. But I also was able to incorporate the things that I know now about wellness and well-being and taking care of yourself, fresh foods and how that impacts your skin and how that impacts your different organs and, you know, all of those things and incorporate that into the recipes. Um, so I did that and I ate color, colorful foods and, and delicious, delectable meals that I could. I I just can't. I just consume them. Right. It's just everything about them. I was experiencing the food. So I allowed myself to have an experience every night. And that's what Ugh. was important to me. I had to do that for myself to survive yeah. this, this whole experience. Mm -hmm. But what it did was it just taught me like, you, when you take care of yourself, you feel good, you know, like it's so you true. feel good. And so I think that is what has allowed me to one, come out on the other side of the pandemic. Um, mentally, like sane, healthy, mm -hmm. and then physically healthy as well. Um, but I, like I said, I have this obsession with food and I just love it. And I feel like with every bite, there's so much level of satisfaction that you get from food and from consuming something that just tastes so good and something that you've created for yourself. So that's, I, that's the concept. There. I mean, it's beautiful. So at the end of, uh, of my shows, which I've been trying to do because I rage against the machine all day, um, I've been trying to do a woke moment of wellness, right? So because I actually have a wellness expert with me, <laughs> um, what would you, what, what advice do you give to people that are still maybe at the beginning stages of this self-care of their self-care journey about how to make it consistent about how, about why, especially now in the times that we're living in that are so unstable that are so um, so tenuous on our mental health. What what advice do you give for them? One thing I could say is uncertainty is certain. Mm. Like if you can accept the fact that you won't have the answer to everything, the plans that you made might change. I think it's easier to accept it, and I think it's easier to process it. And then I think don't be so hard on yourself. If you can practice steps of wellness, they lead to greater steps of wellness. You know, and I think too, for a lot of us, we don't know everything. It's true. For all of us, we don't know we don't everything. Know but when it comes to wellness and when it comes to like health and um, we're all learning and we're, we have to learn it's incremental progress of what works for you. So try things, but don't be afraid to try and don't be afraid to fail. Nobody knows everything all at once and you don't have the answers all at once. So I just, I think. It seems like my wellness is very regimented. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's very casual. But it, it's casual because I've slowly implemented into my full lifestyle. And I think that's what, um, that's what we have to do is not be hard on ourselves, but slowly implement it to where it just becomes something that you do for yourself every day. Like making dinner for myself every day that was, you know, colorful and healthy and became second nature. Folks, you're worth the time and the beauty and the self-care. Lauren, thank you so much for joining Woke AF. Folks, the book is Dinner for One. Go get it. Um, people loved it so much that you were back ordered. Yeah. And I so mean, now, and so, but, so, but like, I couldn't believe it, you guys. So 
I, here it is. Well, it's self-published, which I think is a feat in itself because I've never, it's a venture that I've never ventured out on. But people bought it like crazy and the printer ran out of ink. I didn't know, like, there's supply chain issues everywhere, but oh, they everywhere. ran out of right. a specific right. color for the book. So I had to wait. Everybody had to wait. So, you know, order it, get your copy. Um, yeah. And yeah. follow you on, tell them um, on I, all the socials. On all the socials. I have a very, very quiet following on Twitter, but I follow everybody else. It's so good. But it's Lauren Napier on Twitter. It's Lauren Napier on Instagram or Lauren Napier Beauty, where you can find, like, all of the wellness things. And then the book is at laurennapier.com. So super easy. It's all in the same place. Wonderful. Thank you so much for having me. Thank here. you for joining. It's Appreciate been a pleasure. you. Thank you. As always, dear friends, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products, it's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.